Welcome to 5 Star Weekly. The first preseason friendly is done and dusted. And are we finally getting the center back that we need? All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, 5 Shark fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. So the home opener dates are now known. Atlanta United will open 2021 versus Orlando City. And that will be on April 17th at 3 p.m. at Exploria Stadium. And our home opener will be April 24th versus Chicago Fire at 8 p.m. And if that's going to be at the Benz, we don't know quite yet. That hasn't been confirmed. Uh, it could be at KSU, maybe as the other option. But uh, so far, we're going to assume that it probably is at the Benz. Uh, yes, the Benz has been a COVID vaccination site uh, during the pandemic, but I would imagine that uh, you know Atlanta United would still hold the rights to be able to play at their home. So uh, that probably isn't going to be an issue. But uh, yeah, how do you feel about opening the season against Orlando City, Mark? Well, of course, MLS went with some of its uh, strongest, most intriguing matchups uh, for the opening weekend. And that makes sense. You want a big draw. And so, you know, Orlando, Atlanta in the past has been, uh, I think, talked up as a rivalry, um, even though on the field it hasn't necessarily matched that. Certainly, I think there's animosity, genuine animosity between uh, the fans, a little bit between the players. But now what you have as well are a team in Orlando that made the playoffs last year. Uh, took a lot of strides under Oscar Pareja. Um, and they seem to have a pretty decent squad. We'll see if they get DK back. Kind of hope they don't. We, we, well, we won't face him on the 17th. But, uh, you know, I will be uh, if he's eventually sold and just stays in England. But, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and then you have in Atlanta a team that's rising from the ashes. You know, of course, there's a certain standard that the league has uh, become accustomed to from Atlanta. And uh, I think with the hiring of Gabriel Ensign and some of the transfers, there's a lot of buzz around the league in terms of how good can Atlanta be. I think uh, from just purely an Atlanta perspective, uh, you know, we want to test ourselves versus teams that made the playoffs last year. You know, like how good is this team? Uh, what needs to be improved? You know, because ultimately we want to be a playoff team this year. That's I think that's a baseline goal. Um, and so I think these matchups in particular, we value in terms of like uh, just uh, how well the team is playing, you know, like and how well uh, Ense is doing. And so to have that right off the bat in the matchup versus Orlando, uh, it's great. You know, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if they have a plan for fans or what. Uh, I would imagine it's not a full stadium. Um, I do hope that uh, later in the season we are able to have full stadiums because the first uh, full stadium Orlando Atlanta matchup is going to be whew, it's going to be a doozy. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm just excited to see the team play again and again. You know, to have that first game be versus be Orlando is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we will definitely have to ramp up very very quickly. That's for sure uh, because that's going to be uh, something that's um, I mean our 
essentially uh, kind of tune-ups are against Alajulense in the Champions League. So very interesting uh, indeed for that. But at least I guess we have a couple matches before the season starts, I guess, in that, uh, in that sense. But uh, also, yeah. I mean, against the Chicago Fire, who... Uh, yeah, thankfully, I think we're playing at home because it's been a house of horrors anytime we played it in Chicago. And so, uh, you know, definitely wherever we play in uh, Georgia against the fire will be probably a better scenario than there. So, uh, you know, against the fire uh, at home, yeah, that should be maybe, yeah, also in a way because I think historically against the Chicago fire uh, in terms of how many fans do show up it's possible that you know they're trying to get the ones that maybe don't have as many fans that travel uh you know out of the way first that would be maybe an interesting strategy by mls if they thought that far but uh possibly that could have been one of the <laughs> motivating factors to have sh the fire come that this early but uh definitely someone else that had somebody uh something to talk about our openers was Joseph Martinez, and he talked about uh, yeah opening up against Orlando City. He said, quote, It'll be up to the coaching staff, but I'm ready for that game. I'm just working hard to get back. And he also said, The father is back. Which, uh, yeah, definitely uh, is right in line with the kind of trash talk that uh, Joseph Martinez is known for, and he definitely uh, you know has a very, very just spotless record against Orlando City when he's played against them and also uh, when he hasn't played against them, mostly Sands last year, uh, when he trolled them on hammocks. But uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, him saying that father is back? I mean, he definitely has fathered them in the past, especially when you score and break a record uh, oh, yeah. in their stadium. He's got the right to trash talk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's more than earned the right. Um, I think what I love about him doing this trash talk to is that he's putting pressure on himself. You know, he's got a he's talking to talk thing. He's got to back it up. And he usually does. Um, you know, he went on to say in this press conference that he didn't watch a lot of the United games last year and that, you know, it made him mad that he couldn't help the team. And I'm sure it really pissed him off that they lost to Orlando twice, you know, like that's not something that's happening when he's around. Uh, so I'm sure he's very keen to rectify that. And I'm sure he's relishing the opportunity to be able to do that on day one. Um, you know, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, you know, we don't want to rush him back from an ACL injury, but I do think there should be enough of a gap between the second leg versus Alejo Lense, Lense and the, uh, the, the season opener. So, um, yeah, hopefully he'll be uh, gearing up for that game. And, um, you know, hopefully he can score one or two. Yeah. You know he's going to be fired up to play against Orlando City. Uh, you know, if there's not if there's not a rivalry to fans, I mean, Jose Martinez definitely feels that there's a rivalry uh, between the two clubs. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, he uh, he makes this a very fun matchup and makes us look forward to the opener for sure. But uh, Joseph Martinez also uh, went on to say in his press conference that he has had up to five surgical procedures on his injured knee. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, still pretty par for the course in terms of uh, the recovery period for an ACL injury. I mean, there's always going to be a little bit of complications, but it definitely seemed like, yeah, he was making that trip up to Pittsburgh 
pretty frequently. And, uh, yeah, he uh, said that it's been a tough way back for him, but he said that he's happy to be back on the field again. And uh, he also has echoed what others have been saying about Atlanta United's new head coach, Gabriel Hainsey. Uh, he said he's a very tough coach so far. He said, quote, we are very tired because we run a lot. And that's kind of, yeah, what you want to hear, I think, uh, in the very beginning of preseason anyway, that, yeah, these players are building up their stamina, uh, building up their fitness, and, uh, you know, they're getting ready for the season, which is going to be, yeah, a tough one where, you know, we start with the Champions League, we, um, you know, we'll have... Kind of, uh, you know, this preseason in terms of not really top competition that we faced to ramp up to these games. But also, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the amount of games that we will eventually play with the style that we're going to be playing with high pressing, yeah. counter pressing, lots of running indeed. Uh, this right. is definitely going to get them ready for the season. But yeah, uh, yeah you have any thoughts on, on all that? Yeah, no, just, I just want to echo those sentiments. I mean, like, I think uh, now is the time for these intense training sessions, you know, especially since you're not going to be able to do it during the season when you're playing, especially when those times when you're playing three matches a week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it smacks of Bielsa, and uh, hopefully the product on the field matches, uh, you know, um, the training sessions and, you know, everything that we're hearing. Indeed. So, uh, also, Jose Martinez has been uh, showing a lot about his uh, puppies on his IG story. And so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, yeah, little Hachikos. I think uh, if it's that dog, I'm not sure, but I believe it's Hachiko uh, of his uh, that he has had nine puppies uh, rolling around in his house and at the moment he said they pee and shit everywhere and I'm not very happy <laughs> but uh, it seems like he's definitely uh, enjoying having them around in a sense though he's always showing them on his IG story and um, yeah they're adorable but uh, yeah you know he probably this is like one of those things that you just pick up during the pandemic one of those, those hobbies maybe he's like breeding and uh you know, we'll see if he, uh, you know, is going to sell them or not. We will find out, I guess. Maybe he'll uh, he'll post some things, I'm sure, on his IG story to, uh, you know, I'm not sure he's going to keep around nine puppies around his house. That's uh... right. Yeah. Maybe family members will get one, maybe a neighbor or two. Exactly. We'll find out, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, moving on from that. And speaking of Joseph, uh, he started the first preseason friendly uh, that was against Tormenta FC uh, and that also saw uh, Ezekiel Barco start it was a 3-0 win uh, of course Tormenta you know not very high on the soccer ladder in the United States but still uh, you know a good opponent to start the season or the preseason with so uh, you know good little tune-up a uh, good little, um, you know, scrimmage for the team. But it seemed like in terms of those three goals, it was uh, more so in the second half or the latter part of the match. But Tyler Wolf, Jake Mulraney, and Kubo Torres were the scorers. Probably not, uh, you know, your everyday what you would imagine are the scorers for LA United, but definitely 
guys that, uh, you know, one, uh, a prospect that we'll be looking forward to seeing play more. Mulraney, uh, definitely a guy that uh, hopefully will play a bigger part. And Kubo Torres with his dual role in the uh, Atlanta United system now as also being an academy striker coach. So, you know, good to see them uh, start off the season or preseason well. But moving on to our second uh, you know, preseason match, it will be against the Charleston Battery this Saturday. And it will be streamed, thank the Lord. And uh, it will be four 30-minute <laughs> periods uh, scheduled for 10.30 a.m. So it's going to be an early riser for sure. Uh, but either way, uh, yeah, we will be, uh, you know, able to watch the match. And I think that's the bottom line is, uh, you know, we're excited about yeah. that. And, um, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, being able to finally watch it? Are you going to wake up early-ish? It's not that early, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you watch European soccer, that's, like, prime soccer time anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, like, just to echo, again, echo those sentiments, like, I'm just excited to be able to watch them again, um, see some of the new players, see, you know, I, I'm not going to judge it too hard, you know, I expect it to be a little bit rough. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, just just excited to 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 see the guys, especially Joseph. Right, and there's a reason why they didn't stream that first one. I'm sure, uh, you know, there's uh, not only is it preseason for the players, but it's probably preseason for the digital team and the broadcast team as well. So there's definitely some things that uh, they need to get a hold of first, and then you know now they can uh, you know stream this one. This one so far is gonna be the only one that's gonna be streamed. Uh, that Birmingham Legion one possibly will be, but nothing's been announced. But obviously, there is the possibility of fans being able to go to that game. So, you know, there will be that. Um, just a very finite amount of people, though, unfortunately. So, uh, that's kind of, I think, a little bit more for the uh, supporters groups uh, and the uh, members of those supporters groups at the moment. I don't think they're opening it up to the general public as of yet. But we will find out, and we'll let you know. So, anyway, let's move on to the transfer rumors of the week. And we do we finally have our starting center back? Hopefully so. But this one is in the uh, name of Alan Franco. And Alan Franco is a 24-year-old center back for Independiente. Uh, LA United have reportedly put in an offer of 2.8 million uh, for 50% of his rights, and also an additional 200,000 if the defender makes 15 appearances for the club. And this could close as early as today on Wednesday. Uh, full disclosure: when we're filming this, and uh, the remaining 50%. LA United would be obliged to buy a larger stake of the rest of his rights every single year. And that's according to Matias Martinez. So very, very interesting kind of deal yeah. for sure. Some creativeness that uh, kind of makes you think probably Paul McDonough has a, had a hand in this for sure to right. kind of keep the salary, um, salary cap down for us and also, you know, kind of skirt some of that. Uh, legally, in a way, 
uh, of those rules so that we can and are able to bring him on because, well, Franco is a player that has been looked at in the past by LA Galaxy and almost made the move, but he also, <laughs> Independiente quoted about $9 million for LA Galaxy, apparently, for this player. So this is a huge, huge discount for sure. Right. <coughs> and also, that's, uh, you know, uh, there are reports out there that Independiente owe Torino, Italian side Torino, about $1.8 million or so uh, of uh, some uh, cash reserves that they must give up. So they are itching for money. And, you know, this is something that could kind of push along this deal even further. But uh, before I get your opinion, their coach, uh, Julio Cesar Falcioni, his reaction about this, you know, possible transfer uh, and how much of a blow it is to Independiente, he said, I'm not the one to make him miss the chance of a lifetime. One. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two. Uh he said that, uh, yeah, this player is super important to their setup, but that essentially, uh, they if they have to lose him, they'll have to bring in maybe another academy product because they do play with three center backs uh, at the back. So, very interesting words indeed. What are your thoughts on this, you know, kind of deal, the way it's uh, got so far, and then we'll talk about the player in terms of his profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, real FM hours for my LA United. I mean, I've never the okay. The fifty percent uh, of his rights is one thing, but being obliged to gradually buy more of his rights—it's interesting. I mean, like whatever works for both parties, you know. Um, to be able to, if they pull this off, because you know we've been down this road literally before. Yeah, um, a couple but, times. So <laughs> couple times. hopefully, yes. if if they close this deal, though, I'm gonna find some wood to knock on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's. I think it, it's a job. It'll. It will be a job well done. You know, especially um, given the time crunch, given the the situation that uh, pretty much everyone knows you're looking for a center back anyway. Yeah. Um, to be able to identify not only a player but a willing partner in a club and a club that it seems like needs the money. Um, right. So it's uh, yeah. Let's again, you know, we gotta wait for the Dare Neal's cryptic tweet and then Elaine and announcing it for us to feel comfortable with this. But um, yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's another one where you tip your cap to the front office. I mean, like this off season in general too. You know, I think that uh, they, they were probably aware of some of the criticism from the fans. And uh, not to say that they responded because of the fans, but you know, right. certainly I think um, they, they knew the shown... product was definitely uh, you know exactly. not up to par for sure. Yeah, and and, uh, and they acted with urgency. Um, you know, I love a big transfer window. It's a lot. It's really a lot like what Chelsea did uh, last <laughs> summer. Sure. <laughs> you know, just addressing as many positions as you can at one uh, and a profile of player. All similar ages, you know, low to mid twenties. Uh, so really, you know, job well done. But again, gotta wait till this one's official. Indeed. And then there's also, I think, what's interesting about this is pretty much this is the transfer fee that Latara Gianetti was pretty much uh, touted as. You know, that would be the offer. And Gianetti, 27. 
Franco, 24, and arguably, you know, with less of an injury scare type of thing. So, you know, this, I think, is a very, very, very good deal uh, if we can get this done for this. I mean, eventually it might, uh, you know, we might have to pay a little bit more, um, you know, in terms of that. But let's really be honest here. It's pennies to Arthur Blank. It's not going to be anything that he's really going to be sweating about. So, uh, but, uh, so getting into this type of player, uh, he was a key part of Independiente's Sudamericana win with our, uh, you know, our little Bodie in terms of, uh, yeah, Ezekiel Barco. They were teammates back then, uh, but the type of player he is, he's comfortable on the ball. He's committed in the tackle and he's good in the air. And he's got decent recovery pace uh, that should be a very, very nice part of Hainsey's 11. But uh, also, yeah, I mean, you know, he's that that guy that uh, has experience while still being fairly young. Uh, we pretty much will have a pair of 24-year-olds in the, the back, but both of them will have had good experience and are both going to be very stout defenders that's for sure i mean yeah if uh you know if you take one look at franco you see he's a you know he's a beefy boy like he uh he will uh he will be able to fight off some uh some of our the strongest uh strikers in the league that's for sure Mm -hmm. and um so Mm -hmm. very uh very good player that uh hopefully should be able to be brought in but uh yeah you, you have any thoughts on the type of type of player he is yeah so six foot 170 like you said you know can hold his own physically to say the least and i think that's a good starting point for trying to bring a player into mls especially a defender um you know of course the key for franco or any center back that we uh bring in is how they pair with miles um Mm -hmm. and so you know based on his attributes i think he should pair pretty well with miles i think the key for franco um will be his comfort on the ball because uh, you have to imagine there's going to be some building out of the back and in terms of miles that's his his comfort on the ball is a work in progress i do think he's and just in terms of miles real quick i do think he's getting better um but maybe just doesn't pick out those um adventurous passes per se so uh be interesting to see how uh you know what franco adds to the to the team and you know to the shape uh in terms of that dynamic mm-hmm. but um yeah, I mean, what can I say? I'm excited, you know. Uh, yeah. Certainly when, uh, obviously, like, player or clubs put a high price on their players, but for a player to be quoted $9 million, you know, in this region, uh, you, you figure he's got to be decent at least. So Right. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and definitely the fact that he's played in a three-man backline system as well, uh, I think that should add to some of the like flexibility and versatility that he should be able to have in Hainsey's system. So, uh, you know, that'll be interesting indeed. But uh, on to a defender that was official last week, and that was Alex DeJohn, who last uh, played in MLS for Orlando City. So, you know, when you post that as, uh, you know, the jersey that he's in in the photo that he's announced in uh usually doesn't go off quite well with the fans but uh i believe he was uh contracted to the pittsburgh riverhounds i believe uh but uh 
you know, if an MLS team comes in for a USL player, then pretty much then, you know, uh, that contract almost just doesn't happen. And so he has been, according to Carlos Bocanegra, been training with LA United since the start of preseason. He's integrated well into the group. Uh, he's, yeah, both in the locker room and on the field, but he'll add competition to our back line. Some people thought that uh, adding a player that played for Orlando City for the last two seasons was more of a panic move uh, because this was before Alan Franco was, uh, you know, rumored. So definitely, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, not going to be. It's more of a competition type of backup depth uh, type of player that has had experience in Europe as well. Uh, I believe nine seasons in Europe, so... Definitely a guy that uh, you know comes with a little bit of that experience that you do need from those backups. So you know a mix of experience as well as uh, you know maybe George Campbell, a guy that is a, a prospect in that depth. Mm -hmm. I think will be very very good. But this, I think, it's topped off by the cryptic tweet that Darren Eels put out, <laughs> which uh, yeah, I mean, he says that. Uh, oh, what Friday fun. See clues below. First, Paul says you can call me your uh, You can call me this. Your divorce. Bye to wedded bliss. On the end, he's a DJ. Now you know. Pretty much all those first words in each sentence spell out O-F-Y-O. And yes, that's pretty much oh, fuck you, Orlando, if you don't know. And uh, <laughs> the fact that er Darren Eels tweeted this out there ah oh, my pres my president <laughs> my boy Jeez. Yeah. you know he uh he knows he he's he might be pandering to the uh to the fans but you know that's uh that's what you do i think in this case when you announce right. a former orlando city player but either way uh yeah have any thoughts on uh on him doing that Oh, love it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, you, you, you got to pander to the fans somewhat. But no, it's it's cool. Uh, it just, I'm, I swear to God, man, like he stays up at night thinking up these tweets. Like it has to be, you know, like there's, you know, he just, he has an inordinate amount of time on his hands or he just makes the time to do it. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> in terms of the player, I mean, like, I think it's a solid move. 29 years old. He has uh, over 100 matches of uh professional experience um and like you know like even though the move was announced before the franco rumors i never once felt like this was the move you know in terms of like addressing the defense but as we talked about last week you know defense was a little thin and so you know in terms of uh backup from the center back position you have uh dijon you have campbell you have walks and uh I think I'm forgetting somebody. Josh Bauer, uh, probably, possibly, if he gets eight. signed as well. Uh, right. He's our our draft pick. So yeah, yeah, there there is right. uh, yeah some kind of level of depth that's uh, you know from going from experience to promise. That's going to exactly. be you know I think fairly useful. And then now we have hopefully our two starting center backs. So right, we yeah. shall see. But yeah, everything rounds out nicely. I think that, but I think it was a solid move. Yeah, I have no, and I don't care. You play for Orlando. <laughs> yeah, whatever. yeah, and yeah. There's also this bit. Uh, in terms of Franco, there is the, uh, there was some reports saying that 
they wanted us to wait. Independiente wanted us to wait until June. But yeah, we pretty much, you know, that would be a long time. That would be pretty much a couple months or three months maybe even uh, before, you know, we have him integrated into our team. Yeah, I think the earlier it gets done, I mean, Independiente, sorry. Like, you get some money. So enjoy that money, <laughs> man. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. Buy you someone know, else in the summer. You'll be fine. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, it is what it is at that point. You know, if you uh, are willing to let go of a player, then, you know, by all means, it's uh, you take those consequences, I think. But um, but anyway, let's move on to another transfer rumor. This one was a little bit strange. Uh, yeah, Matias Suarez, a 32-year-old Argentine forward that uh, plays for River Plate, was uh, apparently linked with LA United, but... Uh, he decided that he will stay at River, and that was uh, according to Passion Monumental. And uh, yeah, he's having a good year at River, but very strange. Very strange. A uh, little link to a transfer rumor there for sure. But is it going to happen? So we'll move on swiftly from that. But <laughs> um, And let's move on to not transfer rumors, but uh, a rumored player in Matias Benitez that River played two forward. He's pretty much hiding in plain sight now, and uh, he's in LA United Colors. He posted an IG post. He's been posting IG story posts, whether he's going to be playing for LA United 2 or not, but I don't think he's gotten the memo that he probably shouldn't be posting anything right now because he's not announced. He's not official, even if he gets the Darren Eels cryptic tweet treatment or not, which he probably won't because of the, um, you know, him possibly being more of an LA United 2 player. Still, like he probably hasn't gotten the memo, and he's just chilling around. He's just—he's gonna be like on top of the training grounds at his next photo, <laughs> like some drone right. shot or something. And he's just like, you know, I don't know, sipping yeah. some gin and juice or something. I don't know. Like, oh my I feel God. like <laughs> there's gonna be levels of like just what he's gonna be posting next. That uh, right <laughs> until someone says like, yo, yo, man. Matias, yo, like, yeah, you got too. Yeah, just like, you know, relax on the uh, the post. You're not official yet, son. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's funny nonetheless. But uh, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, announce him, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly here. He's training with the team. Just announce him. I don't yeah. know. I mean, like, obviously, there's stuff going on that. We don't know about, but right. I think it's more LA United two. Uh, they're gonna announce all their players probably at a certain point, and so it's gotcha. But I think it's just funny. It's like, <laughs> yeah, memos are not being sent around probably, but all good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so moving on from that, uh, we've noticed that Machop Chol, the homegrown player, will wear number eighteen. That's previously worn by Jeff Lorenowitz, and so that's a pretty high number. There seems like. He might be playing a larger part. Who knows, but that's going to be fascinating. Yeah. You know? Uh, But anyway, let's move on from that. And LA United have a second sleeve sponsorship. Uh, That's according to Doug Roberson of the AJC. Uh, That will be AT&T. We, of course, have the Piedmont Healthcare one on the other side. But uh, this was a last-minute change made by MLS, apparently. 
in February, the club said that there weren't going to be any other planned sponsorships, but there will be indeed AT&T on there. So, uh, yeah, we are ever the step closer to being a Mexican uh, <laughs> jersey yeah. with, you know, just a few more sponsorships. You know, maybe one yeah. on the back, on the lower back, right. one on the top, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, two more on the front. We'll... <laughs> <laughs> right. There's plenty of space on this jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I essentially it's probably only going to be for this season, kind of pretty much to alleviate the, uh, you know, the loss of revenue during the pandemic. But yeah, hopefully that does ring true and is the case. But uh, anyway, so to the last bit of news, and that Atlanta United Academy, we were playing the Orlando City Academy. And over the last weekend in Savannah, our U15s beat theirs 5-2. Our U16s beat them 3-2. Our U17s beat them 2-1. And our U19s beat them 3-1. So that's a clean sweep of Orlando City. That's what you like to see. That's what, uh, yeah, pretty much a month before. That's some good juju before that home opener. So, you know, that's uh, something that's, uh, yeah, you know, I think we should uh, hopefully take care of business against Orlando City as well on the first team squad. But uh, yes. any thoughts on that, seeing those score lines? Um, you love to see that legacy being upheld even at a young age. So, you know, beating Orlando is what we're about. Indeed, indeed. All right, so uh, that does it for the news and pretty much for our, our entire show except for the question of the day. And our question of the day is, what would your starting 11 be for the match against Charleston Battery? Of course, it's only going to be for a 30-minute period, but still, either way, what would you like to see being trotted out there on the field? Let us know in the comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.